On this episode of The Playbook, I have the incredible winning coach, Tom Allen, head coach of Indiana University. And we're going to talk about courage and being a Leo and how to truly chase your prey. Join me for all this and more on The Playbook. This is The Playbook, where I give you access each week to the world's greatest athletes and executives about their personal and professional playbook and what has made them champions on and off the field. This is The Playbook. I have an incredible guest, the head coach of the striving and thriving Indiana University football program, Tom Allen. Welcome to The Playbook. Dave, great to be here with you. Oh, my goodness. Well, I have done my due diligence on this one, and I can tell you that I haven't been this excited to do an interview because you sing my song and you walk the walk and talk the talk about empowering others and elevating others to elevate yourself. And along the way, you just happen to keep winning football games mm -hmm. ever since you started coaching in high school uh, and you just keep winning. How much do you think that your attitude uh, and your mindset have to do with winning on the football field? Well, you know, I think there, there's a pattern has been developed, you know, over time, you know, that you're able to see, you know, we've been to 11 different schools over the years, uh, both high school and college, and eight of those 11 schools had losing seasons year before we got there. And uh, so not necessarily by design, it's just kind of the way it's worked out, you know, but those opportunities were there. And, and I just think you, you go into those places and, and, and you, you be who you are. And I, and I believe in, in uh, building relationships with people. And I, believe, I just think it's about people and it's about uh, them, you know, learning how to believe in themselves and empowering them to do that. Because a lot of those places that I went to that had been struggling, there was a lot of, uh, you know, non-confidence and a lot of just poor, you know, belief in myself and the system or the program or whatever it happens to be and the way you do things on a daily basis. So there's no question. And there's a lot of energy that I bring. That's just me. And once again, it just goes back to me being me on a consistent basis and, and just believing that if, if we pull together and we do things as a team and we do things for each other, then we can accomplish great things together. And, and that's kind of been the, the constant thing is that uh, we've been fortunate to all those places, be able to create change and, and uh, be able to, to do some awesome things at those places and win a lot of games along the way. So, but it's all starts with relationships and people. Yeah. And your career has really, uh, based itself on striving to be the best that you can be, uh, yeah. whether you were a player in Division Three, yeah. all the way to being a high school coach, Division Three coach, all the way through to you know one of the top programs uh, and ranked top program now you know in all of college football, let alone you know in the Big Ten, which is something to be said because your you know original objective was to be a coordinator in the Big Ten let alone the head coach of the most powerful team in the Big Ten, as they'll probably see this year. But you had a motto that, you know, I was curious about, the Leo motto. Uh, and, it, you know, it was plastered all over here in Indiana. You know, what is the Leo mo motto and what is it all about? Well, you know, just over time, you know, this is actually going to be my 30th season coming up. So uh, I've... Uh, You're aging us. Stop. Stop. You're aging us. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. I can't even believe it myself. But... But over that time, I just felt like that, that I was never part of a team that was special or that a team that was great, that didn't love each other. And, and so as I started coaching the longer and got into college coaching, 
um, I just started really using that phrase. And so I took it from scripture, John 15, 12, it says, it just, it commands us to love each other and the way we were first loved by him. And so um, I'm always a big guy and trying to create a way to remember something or, you know, keep in their guys' minds. And, and so I just made it L-E-O. And when I first got the job here, I, I wrote, those are the first letters I, I wrote on the board in our defensive meeting as the DC in 2016, L period, E period, O period. I said to the team, do you guys know what those three letters represent? And they didn't know, and I didn't expect it to. And I said, it stands for love each other. And, you know, there wasn't like some standing ovation. I mean, they were all thinking, yeah. what the world has that got to do with football? You know, and I knew it. I said, guys, I know what you're thinking. But I said, you're going to learn that and in time, you're going to recognize that this is going to be the difference because it's about relationships. It's about letting them know that you believe in them and that you want to help them become a special individual. You want them to become the man they were created to be. You want them to become a, a high character young man that can make great choices in this life to create a future for themselves. And so when they know you care more about them as a person than what they can do for you as a player, I think that's the game changer. And that just doesn't happen by just getting up on the front of a room and writing three letters on the board. It happens by build relationships and taking the time to get to know them and help them develop those qualities that they're going to need to be great in this life. So it to me is a tremendously valuable tool. That's our culture here. It stands for, it's LEO, it stands for love each other and, and we believe in it. Under the guise of loving each other, one of the things that I found in working with, you know, younger people, college students, for example, you know, is that it's difficult to have them understand that in order to love each other, there's one person that you have to learn. And a lot of, you know, we've dated ourselves with the 30 years of experience that we have, um, but it's become more difficult to love ourselves. Right. You know, there's so many different things out there that are causing, you know, false interpretations and interference and perceptions of, you know, being able to truly feel confident yeah. in ourselves and to believe. I know we talked about this previously, believe in ourselves. You can't believe in yourself if you don't love yourself. And it's not arrogance or ego. No. It's true, truly being a good person with character, discipline. You know, for you, how have you been able to communicate that part of loving each other is we have to have self-respect and discipline and consistent behavior? Well, you know, I, I like to say it like this, you know, before there's a reality, there's a mentality. And if you don't believe in, it, in yourself, why should anybody else? And so it does, it starts with an internal belief in who you are and knowing your purpose and knowing who you are and, and why you're here. And so we talk a lot in our program about your why. We talk about your purpose. You know, what it is, is people always ask me about, you know, the energy I coach with. I said, well, you know what? That's an outgrowth of me believing with my whole heart that I was created to be a coach and that I have found my purpose in this life. And because of that, it creates passion and energy within me. And it's no different for these guys. And so I want them to know that their value has nothing to do with the plays that they make. That's their, their performance has nothing to do with the way I treat them and value them. Well, you know what? I can say that, but I better match it up with my actions. And so I think that's a huge part in them being confident in who they are and believing who they are and loving themselves because you know what? They're loved unconditionally by somebody else. And so I'm telling you, some guys will sit there and tell me, coach, I've never been loved unconditionally. They've never felt that love. And, and that's a, that's a sad thing, but it's also a reality of how they've been raised. And so I think that's a critical part of this. And they, they, they experience that in this book. I'm going to love you regardless of how good a football player you are. You know, some guys come to college and they exceed their expectations that they're supposed to be as a player. And sometimes they never live up to those. And, and it crushes some guys because 
that's that's their identity. That's the one thing they've been good at their whole lives was was the sport. And so we got to try and find out who am I outside of football. And, and if I don't know who I am outside of football, man, I'm telling you, you're in for a, a rough road ahead. And so that's what we dive into. And, you know, coming into this program, uh, it wasn't the powerhouse that it is today in the Big Ten. Uh, and there was lots of different challenges that you face. But what's the biggest challenge that you have as a coach? Uh, is it with, you know, alumni, schools, administration, bureaucracy, player motivation? What's the biggest challenge that you face? Because you face a lot of challenges to create such a winning program. Yeah, I think probably the biggest thing that, that comes to mind is perception. You know, we get judged based on our past. Um, and, and I think that that's, you know, that's part of it. You know, I have a, a, on my desk, I have a, a phrase that says the buck stops here. And so when a, when a young man sits across from me, he sees that phrase and we talk about, you got to own your past, you know? So I say in this program, when I got here as a DC, I had to own the, even though I wasn't here as a coach before 2016, I had to own it. Cause when I step in somebody's home and talk about Indiana football, oftentimes they'll kind of, you know, have a perception about Indiana football from what we've done in the past. And so overcoming that, you know, it's actually changing, you know, slowly here. Uh, and now we've got to the point where some people, you know, that we recruit, they've only seen in the, if you focus, if you're a kid, it's a sophomore or junior in high school. In these last couple of years, you've seen a different Indiana than maybe you would have seen five, six years ago. And so then, but beyond that, you know, in their lifetime, they've not seen Indiana football be at a high level. And so that creates a lot of challenges because people are often like, you know, that's the, you know, perception is reality to them and that they just know and they think a certain thing. When they, when they think of Indiana, they think about basketball. They don't think about football. And I hear that all the time. And because I always ask you, hey, what's your perception of Indiana football? And because uh, I, I want to know kind of what I'm dealing with and where, where their thought process is. So that's probably a big thing. But I tell you what, you know, our administration is, is all in. And that's a big reason why I came here and we're changing things in facilities and we're changing a lot of things in support for our, our coaches and in everything that we do here. So that's exciting. And, uh, but yeah, we, we play in the big 10 East. So that's a challenge. You know, our schedule every year it comes out, we got the most, you know, one of the top 10 most difficult schedules in the country every single year. And that's never going to change. And so that's, that's the reality of where we are. And so that's tough. You know, we're playing against a lot of great programs that have won. If you look at the top 10 winningest programs in the history of college football, Three of them are in the Big Ten East. And so, you know, and, and we're not one of them. And, and so to me, that's that's a challenge that you deal with. But you know what? As I always say, hey, when it's third and seven, nobody cares. Nobody cares what your budget is. Nobody cares, you know, what your history was. Nobody cares what you did 10 years ago, 20 years ago. It's who's going to step up and make a play today on this team playing for the Indiana Hoosiers. So that's how we approach it. You know, and I'm going to send you a new sign for your desk. It's going to say the Buckeyes stop here. And uh, that's what Indiana is going to do and change the history uh, today, which is great. Now, uh, one of the other things that's necessary in playing in the East there uh, is that more than ever, consistency is always important. And, you know, the more consistent we are, the greater we'll perform. But when you're facing, you know, the best teams every week, you know, and I'm, I'm biased towards the Big Ten. I always say that, you know, if you know, those three top teams in the Big Ten would play the schedules of some of the Southern counterparts uh, and who they get, you know, a couple weeks off make a difference. Uh, but what is it like to have to be so consistent and at the top of your game week after week? Because everyone knows, you know, all it takes is one loss to change the history of a season. 
Uh, and, you know, when you're playing the best teams every week, and I think even it's easy to get up in the best teams in the Big Ten, but the scary thing is to go against, you know, an Illinois or a Northwestern or, you know, whoever it is where you may not think, you know, they're a, a, a great team, but, you know, man, the talent at the bottom is better than in the other division. I think it makes it even more difficult. How do you get that team up every single week to face the challenges that they have? Well, I think you have to establish a mindset where we play to a certain standard. And it doesn't matter who we play. And, I, and just even coming to Indiana, uh, you know, even though we hadn't had a lot of success in the past, we did have a history of playing up to our rival games or, a, you know, when we played Ohio State and Michigan, we'd play them tough, you know, at least for a while. And, uh, and then would play a team that maybe we were either supposed to beat or was more equally balanced with talent-wise, and we would not perform well at all. And we were just flat, you know. I'm like, that can't be that way. So, you know, it doesn't matter who you play. It's a standard how you're going to play. And that, to me, is the key. And so ever since I've been here, you know, I'm all about consistent performance. I think that's the key to being great in, in, in so many areas of our life. And so I talk about embracing the boredom of consistency. And that's a powerful phrase. It's a powerful phrase because most can't do that. They, they do. They get bored. They get decisions. They get discouraged. They get whatever as time elapses and, and, they, and they, they fall off. And so if you want to be great and you want to be able to play this kind of schedule. And so I love having this kind of schedule because you know what? The schedule pulls it out of us. We got no choice because like you said, I don't care who they are in the Big Ten. They're all good enough to beat you. And, and we don't have the luxury of, having, of letting up. And so those regular season, those 12 games of regular season, we got 12 Saturdays and we got to be at our best every single Saturday. And you may not be on an emotional high every single week because you only have so many emotional responses, I think, in your body, but you have to be consistently playing at that level of how you focus and how you perform. And so once again, it's more about the standard that we set and playing to that standard and not letting the, the, the opponent dictate how well we play or how focused we are as a team. And, you know, you and I belong to a club. There's optimists out there. But, you know, after getting to know you, you're a toptimist. You're the top of, of the optimist. And being able to share that optimism obviously helps to facilitate, you know, people to pursue their potential. But it also can be a detriment, I know, personally in business, because people are human and people have down days. And sure. there's a few people that aren't born with the happy gene, the optimistic, toptimistic gene that we're born with. Um, and I'd love to know just personally in, in managing businesses, you know, how do you elevate somebody that may have a more negative perspective or doesn't necessarily carry the top to miss attitude because you're bound to get a few players in your program or coaches or someone that may not always be the top to miss that you are. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with the negative energy or a negative perspective uh, as the head coach? Well, I think, first of all, you, you want to, attract both coaches and players that fit with you. And that doesn't mean that they're all like you, but it means that they all believe in the things that you believe in. And what's important to them is important to you. Because if that's not aligned in, in, in place, then you're, you're in trouble. And so th then you're pulling guys. And I always say this, I, I, I will motivate you. I will challenge you. I will lead you. But I can't pull you. Because if I have to pull you, that means you want to go that way. And I want you to go this way. And so it's about getting the right people, I think, number one. But then, you, like I said, there's going to be some personalities that are different, both coaches and players on our team. And I think the thing for me is it's still relationship-driven, and it's me challenging them because I believe so strongly that it's our mindset. It's how we think every day. It's not how you're feeling. It's how you're thinking every single day. So I don't ask our team, how you feeling today, guys? No, I'm telling, I ask them, how you thinking today? Because who controls those thoughts? I do, and you do. And since I can control them, then I can choose 
to have a positive attitude. I can choose to bring energy today. I can choose to be focused. None of those things take any talent whatsoever. And we focus on those things. And since it's a choice, I'm going to confront you. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to encourage you. Okay. But I'm going to tell you the truth. When you, when you got a certain look on your face, I'm going to pull you aside and talk to you about it. Okay. I'm not going to let it just slip. Okay. I'm going to tell them because, because my, you know, demeanor and my mindset and my energy that affects the whole group just like it does on our football team. And so we got to have leaders that understand that. And so to me, it's about one-on-one -on -one time. And I spend a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with our players because I want them to know that, that I care about them. And I can't just do that if I don't know them. And I don't know what they, what their personalities are and what you know, makes them you know, tick or what, they're, what they value or don't value. So to me, I think it's relationships. I think it's, it's confronting guys, but it's also, it's a choice. And you choose to have a certain attitude and mindset every single day. You know, one of the things uh, is recruiting talent, uh, not just in the sports realm, but especially now in the business world because of the shortage uh, there is of talent, um, especially through the pandemic. And I'm always looking for what I call the perfect blend of you, that mindset with desire and with talent, like skill. Uh, where's your perfect blend? If you're looking at a player what blend percentage wise would you like to see? You know, I like to see, you know, the top 30% in mind, this amount in, you know, where's that blend for you of, the, of importance? But, you know, I know you need yeah. all three, but what do you look at? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know that I've ever thought of it percentage wise, but I will say this, that uh, I'm going to err on the side of, of the mindset and the character uh, above the talent. Um, because I, I think that um, and, and I call that fit. It's guys that fit with us, you know, and and I, I will take the fit over a talented guy that that has all this talent, doesn't fit with us or all this talent and doesn't have good character. And it doesn't mean he's a, a bad person. It just means that he um, will not respond to what I will motivate him with. And, and if you're not aligned with us, you won't because the things that I value and I spend over half the time talking about as a coach. You, if, if that's not important to you, you won't be listening. So I won't be able to, to pull, the, you know, and, and motivate and really just help you become at a higher level. So so I just would still have, but don't get me wrong. I mean, we, we got to have players that have talent. I get that, you know. And so we, we, we try to focus on the things and recruit the things that we can't change. You know, if you want a certain position to have longer guys there, taller guys, then recruit guys there that are, have good length and fit with you. You need a certain speed at certain positions, then find the guys that have that kind of speed at that position that fit with you. And we got a whole country full of guys that, that we're going out to, to look for. And we got, a, uh, I believe, a university that has a national brand and allows to do That's one reason why when I came to India, I felt like we had a chance to be able to create. Even though maybe that brand was associated with basketball more than it was football, it was still a brand that, hey, they're in the Big Ten. And they got an opportunity to go get, get a world-class education in a place that's going to play on, on TV every single Saturday. You know, and so, but to me, I just still feel like there's certain things we're looking for. But if the talent supersedes the fit and the character, I think you're going to get in trouble. I'll tell you, I don't think anyone has a stronger mindset or heart set than I have. But, you know, good thing for Indiana, nobody looks like me on your team. And uh, I mean that as a big compliment. Now, uh, coming into this big season, ranked, uh, you know, as a huge supporter of the program myself, what would be the one word? that you think uh, would represent the, the 2021 season? Is there a word that you can come up? Well, you know, I'm a one word guy and I, you know, say John Gordon's one word book and our one word for 2021 is chase. And, and that word was picked for a reason. And, 
And to, and to me, it's an earnest or frenzied seeking after something desired. That's the definition for the word chase. And so every year I come up with the one word that I feel that team needs for that upcoming season. And I pick it after we get done with the bowl game and everything just transitioning before the players come back for, for January session and ready to be back in the weight room. And so, but that whole earnest or frenzy seeking after something desired is a powerful thing. So our very first meeting, I put that definition on the, on the, uh, on the overhead, you know, in the PowerPoint. And so that word earnest is just a, is a con intense conviction. And then frenzied is a fiery passion. So we're talking about a whole nother mental, you know, when you think of that word chase, I'm not talking about playing, you know, chase in the backyard when you're a kid. I'm talking about a starving lion chasing after its prey. That's what I want our guys. And I told them that. That's what I envision. That's how you have to chase after greatness every single day. So here's what I did. I met with our guys. And I said, okay, I want you to have in three areas, personally, academically, and physically, which is the football piece. I want you to give me three things. So that's nine total things that you're going to chase greatness with in your life. Met with them individually, one-on-one. -on -one. The position coaches knew what those were. And, and now we hold them accountable for those nine things all spring and all summer long. And so to me, that's how we were going to take this program from having a really good season in 2020 to try to continue to build this program. Today, it's going to be hard. We're just going to be better in 2021 just because we had a good season in 2020, got a lot of guys back, got a lot of energy, got a lot of excitement for the program. That's wonderful. That doesn't win us any games in 2021. Nothing. Okay. And so, and we got a brutal schedule we got to play, but you know what? We're going to play one at a time. So that's all we focus on and focus on the things you can control, but we're chasing after greatness every single day here at Indiana in 2021. And I love it. And uh, I am chasing my friend, John Gordon, all over the college programs because he has impacted so many different coaches and players through his years. Just an extraordinary uh, leader uh, in an inspiration to me, a big friend uh, in a men's group with him. But I will give you my definition of that word. Hopefully it's applicable, but I believe a chase is to be able to enjoy the consistent every day, persistent without quit, pursuit of your potential and if you can collectively as a consciousness create a team full of people enjoying the consistent persistent pursuit of their potential it's going to be a hell of a season for indiana which i'm sure it will be i even got my uh right hand man uh who went to michigan saying i hope you beat us so you must have some sort of magic spell and uh, let's keep the magic going tom allen head coach at indiana university and an incredible human being thank you so much for developing our youth into being leaders, uh, which is most important 